Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. This morning, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I felt like um, this morning, the Lord woke me up at 418. The very first scripture that came to my mind was Luke 418. And he says, you're that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Me, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Because the word is for me and the word is for you. Because he has anointed me. I want you to say he has anointed me. He has anointed me. To, to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are pressed. 418, I'm thinking, okay, God, I'm wide awake. But that's what he says about me. That's what he says about you. And then he began to speak to me, and he says, I've appointed you. But then he turns it around. He flips it to dual meaning. He says, it's also for you. Because I was sent to heal you, to heal the brokenhearted. He healed me. He said, I was a captive, and he set me free. He set me free. I was blind. You know, I was blind, but now I see. So that scripture, the spirit of the Lord is upon me so that I can be healed from those things because healing is not just for me, but I get healed so that I can heal other people, so that I can be that conduit. And that's what he's saying to you today. I just felt like that. I just needed to start that out. That that's a word for somebody today. And I also I just want to step out and be obedient. I just I heard these words in worship. One man's junk is another man's treasure. One man's junk is another man's treasure. You hear me, Rhodes family? One man's junk is another man's treasure. Now that meaning, that saying can have a lot of meanings. You think about junking, you know, antiquing and yard sales and all that. But what I felt like the Lord was saying is there have been people, and I feel like there's someone specifically at the Mount Carmel campus. I'm talking to you right now, Mount Carmel. You came in today. You're expecting to see Pastor Chad, but guess what? God still has a word from you through someone else. And you've thought that I, I am just junk. And I feel like the Lord is saying, God, you are not junk. God treasures you. Now, it's for all of us. But there's someone, I feel like it's a man at the Mount Carmel campus. They came today. He says, you're my treasure. And so we can, I just want us to take and absorb that for a minute. You may have been discarded by your family. You may have been discarded by your friends. You may have come from another church and you were discarded from another church. But God says, I treasure you. I treasure you. I value you. He wants to repurpose you. So I want to tell a little bit of story about me and my husband. Um, we just celebrated our eighth anniversary on July 3rd. And so we decided to go to the current river because we wanted to do something close to home. And um, we wanted to kind of like disconnect from phones and so forth. And um, I was like, yeah, it's close. And so we went and we had a really nice evening, a free meal at the Drury Inn for supper. You'll have to hear the story, go back and listen to the live feed from first service. I'm not going to go into all that. But then it happened Saturday morning, July 4th. And Current River is packed with a whole lot of stuff going on that's not about Jesus on 4th of July. I've never been to Current River. 
And so I had, you guys ever have a preconceived notion about something? You think it's going to be one way and it is so not that way. That was me. So they get on the bus. We arrive at the current river and, and whatever this woman in authority, she says, the water, there's a lot of debris. The water's high. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be in a tube. And then she says, and so you're going to see a fork in the river and you need to go right and don't go left. Okay, so we get in this extremely cold water, and it was so refreshing and felt so, so good to me. And we start down, and, you know, Lewis is just like, okay, now, you've never been on the current river before, so I want to, you know, I just want to, okay, if you lose your tube, and I'm thinking, lose my tube? I'm sitting in my tube. I'm not going to lose my tube. And so I'm thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, he's just like this real calm. He says, if you lose your, t- lose your tube, don't panic. Okay, that's a no-brainer, I thought. And so he says, and then just hold, you know, hold on and don't, just don't panic. Okay, so I got this. And he says, and if we get separated, just keep going. I'm thinking, you're not gonna, I'm not going to be separated. This is a current river, for goodness sakes. And so we're traveling down. Just, you know, in the water, and it's not very long, I see the fork. And all of a sudden, I noticed, because we were just kind of like, da-da-da-da-da, you know, in the water, I could see the bottom. And then, it happened. (laughs) Say, then it happened. (laughs) And so it was. We began to veer to the left, and I thought, oh, oh, no, before that, he's given me his words of wisdom. And so I do the godly thing, and I say, I plead the blood of Jesus over myself, and I commission angels to surround me this entire trip. It was really wise, a wise thing that I did. Okay, so remember that. Less than five minutes after I pleaded the blood of Jesus over myself, sent, committed, called on all those angels to surround me, and we can do that, by the way. And uh, so we start to go a little bit closer, you know, faster, swifter to the left. It's like, oh, we got to go right. It's like, oh. And so... Me, in all of my godly wisdom, um, look down, and I can see the rocks. It's like, this is a piece of cake. So I get out of my, I kind of slide out of my tube, you know, kind of like go like this. And then it happened. I went, whoosh. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to (laughs) die. My tube, I'm holding on to it, but like I'm like, I'm like, and I see Lewis on down the way, and he's saying, go to the side. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I can't even get a hold of my tube, and so I'm panicking. He told me not to panic. Do not fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can't quote any of those scriptures, okay, at the moment. Have you ever been in that place? You know the word, yeah. but it's like, I can't, I can't do it. So all I could do was Jesus. This is not a message in tongues, okay? This does not need interpretation. This was my vertical language to my father, crying out for help. Jesus was interceding for me. And so I finally, I finally make it. I get a hold of my tube. And he says, go to the end. I'm thinking, okay. And it seemed like an eternity. I finally make it to the side. And I'm shaking so bad. Like, my legs are jelly. Have you ever had jelly legs? And it's just like I could barely go like this. I'm drenched. And by the way, I have to hold my nose when I go into the water. So it was not pretty. And so he says, just, he says, you, I, said, I thought I was going to die, Lewis. 
were going to die. <laughs> he was not my greatest cheerleader. <laughs> Actually, he was because he'd prepared me, you know, one time. And that's just Lewis's personality. He doesn't get panicked. After we were first married, we went to... Um, Nairobi. Uh, this is the first time I went to uh, Kenya on a mission trip. And the first year we were there, the Nairobi airport burned <laughs> while we were in Kenya. And I'm thinking, okay, so we were, we were delayed getting home. And so I get to the hotel in, in uh, Nairobi on our way back. And I said, hey, babe. I said, um, the Nairobi airport burned while we were here. So I don't know. There's a few thousand people trying to get flights. So I don't know when I'm going to be home. He goes, Okay, just let me know. It's like the Nairobi airport burn. Your wife's across the world, and you just say, okay, just let me know. Totally was not what I was used to. And so I said, but I'll let you know. And he says, okay. He says, I'll try to take off work. I said, you're going to try to take off work and come and get me at the airport? He's so calm. By the way, he did pick me up at the airport, but he was late. I was the only one on my team left there, but he did show up. He doesn't get in a panic. He says, I know God takes care of you. And so he knew God. Was, this is a true story, is it not, Lewis? It is a true story. So back to the current river. So he says, babe, you know, after I'm back in the tube, we get to the right. And um, he says, babe, he says, um, can you swim? And I said, well, we've been married eight years. You should know I can swim. He says, but can you dog paddle? And I said, well, I can dog paddle. I just can't swim underwater. And he says, but you think you could save yourself? And it's like, it's a fine time for you to be asking me now. <laughs> he says, we might have refought. We should have refought the current river. And he says, what would you think it was going to be, a lazy river? I said, well, yeah, kind of. He says, you know, they do call it the current river for a reason <laughs> ding so God began to speak to me it's just like yeah I thought it was a holiday world type current river and I was gonna it was gonna be a romantic day in the sun we were sweating I was gonna sunbathe and we had a, a cooler we were gonna have a picnic we were gonna hold hands in the inner tube going down the river and he was gonna sing over me it's like oh my gosh so not the case. So I was fighting for my life. <laughs> I felt like it. So anyway, so we get down a little ways, and he gets stranded. He gets hooked up in all these uh, branches and debris. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's hooked up. I was actually going towards it. And so I started paddling because it's like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. I got to get away from that because what if I get stuck? So he gets stuck with the, the tube, with the, t the cooler. And so he says, just go on. You'll be fine. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's a five-hour trip. We did the whole river. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be all alone on this river for five hours. So I kept going, and he's still stuck. And so people, there's a couple of guys that come to his aid. That's how stuck he was. And I just kept going. It's like, Jesus, it's me and you. I'm going somewhere with this. Have you ever had that mindset? It's so not what you thought it was going to be. And you're in this lazy river. I thought it was going to be one thing. And then it's a whole bunch of like other stuff that I didn't anticipate. So I refocused. I had to resist fear. Everybody say resist fear. Resist. Have you ever had to resist fear? Yes. Especially today. Yeah, 
Come on, every day. Every day we got to resist fear. Because fear, the news media, that's what the media mountain of influence wants to do. They want to instill that fear. They want to instill fear. But God says that we are peace. We are to be carriers of peace in this hour. Are you a carrier of peace? Or are you a carrier of fear? Because what's inside us, come on now, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside us will come out. If fear has apprehended you, then fear is what's going to come out. We are to be light bringers. We are to be bringers, uh, carriers of peace in this hour. That is so not related, what kind of sort of what I was going to say. Anyway, have you got your Bibles? One person, my husband, I told you he was the most amazing man. He has his Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yes. Yes, we are excited about the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Are you there? All right. I want to go back. Hold your place. Repurpose. God began to give me this message for repurpose. He gave it to me on July 1st because Pastor Chad asked me on July 1st. He sent me a text and says, you want to preach on um, uh, July 19th? I totally ignored him. By the way, we have the most awesome pastors. They are amazing. And so I ignored my pastor for quite a while. It was like he meant to send that to somebody else except he said, hey, Mona. I think other than Mona Krim, I'm the only Mona in this body. And so... I just kind of like, after I went to the bathroom and I thought, no, I can't do this, I can't do this, I think I'm going to throw up, can't do this. And so I finally texted him back and I said, you do know that's a Sunday, don't you? (laughs) Because I thought maybe he was looking at 2021 or something. And Anyway, he said, uh, yes. (laughs) Um, But he just encouraged me to be obedient and God would fill my mouth. And so I want to encourage you today, what is God asking you to do? Even that day before I said yes to pastor, before I said yes to Jesus, not in that order, um, God began to speak the word repurposed. And then he began to speak to me, repurposed for what? Repurposed for him. We can be repurposed for a whole lot of things. But he says, I want you to be repurposed for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Oh, yeah, the definition of repurpose is to give a new purpose or use to, to use or reuse something that already exists for another purpose or in another form. If you don't have your sermon notes out, you can get them on the version on the website, if you're watching E-Roads Family or your paper sermon notes to see these definitions. The synonym for repurpose is recover. Say recover. recover. Has anybody ever lost their keys? I've lost my keys multiple times, my husband will tell you. It's a process, but I always recover them. Recover, save, regenerate, reuse, remodel, reprocess. And I feel like there's both groups of people in Mount Carmel, online, here in this auditorium, that there are people here that you feel like that you have no purpose You never knew what your purpose was because it's like, oh, I got saved. Now what do I do? God has purpose for you. And then I feel like there's this group of people that you have been in the fire. You are wore out. You're in the fire and you keep getting in the fire and that thermostat uh, keeps getting turned up higher. 
and the battle keeps raging and you keep failing. You keep failing. You feel like you're a total failure and you're listening to the voice of the enemy that says you'll never change. You'll never change. God's never going to do that for you. You're not worth it. All of these voices, but that's not what God says about you. God says that you have purpose. You have value. And the Bible says that though the righteous fall seven times, they shall get back up again. So you may have fallen 29 times. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Say, get back up. Get back up. Mount Carmel, get back up. Get back up. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Say, new creation. Old things, say old things, have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yeah. All things have become new. You know what God spoke to me out of this scripture? New is great, but new gets old. (laughs) Come on. Whenever you first got saved, everything was wonderful. It was this love affair with Jesus. He answered all your prayers. You loved everybody. (laughs) Come on. You guys are not participating. Is there anybody in this room that still loves everybody? Yes. With the love of the Lord. When it's new, we love everybody. It comes natural. But then it happens. New things become old. And we got to work at it. See, we can be in that lazy. We can have God begin to speak to me. We can have that lazy river mentality. That lazy river mindset. That we get in our ways, we get comfortable, we go to church on Sundays, I read my Bible, I look at my version notes, put on the same playlist every day, listen to 15 podcasts a week, you're set in your ways, you're in your groove, you're in your lane, you're following Jesus, but here's what, here's what he began to speak to me, you're following me, but are you running after me? Got really quiet in here. Are you following me? Yes, he loves it when we follow him. But he says, I don't want you to stop and just following me. I want you to run after me. I want you to run after me, Rhodes Church. Those watching online, run after me. Run after me, he says. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to, the th- to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We got to renew our minds, guys. This is not any new heavy revelation. We got to renew our minds. Re, we got to redo it. That re, I keep hearing all these re words. Like since July 1st, it's renew, reignite, reset, revive. All these re, it's like, do it again, do it again, repurpose. All these things, if you could be in my head for all the re's. I did not know so many re's existed in the English vocabulary. New furniture. Lewis and I have been going junk and looking for five little pieces, teardrop knobs for one of my, grandma, my grandma's antique piece. I found one, I need five more. And so with that, we go to all these junk stores, these antique stores, And we're amazed. 
Lewis says, I got rid of that 20 years ago. I should have kept that. <laughs> you know, you get all these things, and, and it's like we see all these things that have been repurposed. They're beautiful. You know, doors that are now these photo album things and like bed frames that are now benches. And I don't know, creativity is not my green. And so I'm just amazed by that. But God just began to show me that that repurposing is a process. New furniture becomes old and then it has to be reprocessed. It has to be refurnished. Oh, there's another one. It has to be refurbished. Yeah, that's another word. All right, Revelations 2.4. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Matthew 15.8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Going back to that word repurpose. When you repurpose furniture, the ingredients, you got to have thin stripper, you got to have thick stripper, you got to have a sander, you got to have sandpaper, you got to have a power sander, then you got to have the stains and the finishes, and you have to have the cloth. It's a painful. Can you imagine being that piece of furniture? And it gets stripped and it gets stripped again and takes that power sander. It's like, what the heck? What am I ever going to look like by the time they get done with me? You ever feel like that? Come on. Sometimes I get stripped and I get stripped away and I get stripped away. It's like, God, what are you doing? God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but God will take and he will use it. Lewis heard a, a, a scripture, a sermon this week, and was talking, it was in Matthew, talking about the, the weeds and, and the tares, that parable about the weeds. And if you, and it's not in the, this has nothing to do with a sermon, but anyway, I want to share this revelation. And so in the tares, they says, no, don't take the tares out in that parable. It says they're necessary. You use those together. And so, and, and the gist of the sermon was that God doesn't cause bad things to happen. The enemy always causes bad things to happen. But God's going to take it and he will use it in the process to bring a harvest right in the middle of your circumstance. So no matter what weeds you have, no matter how bad your circumstances are, it's part of your testimony. you got a story and you and Jesus together will rewrite your story. Does anybody need their story rewritten? I need my story. Lewis and I, we are being repurposed for him. Even our, this is our second marriage, but we are repurposed for him. So no matter where you're at, if you've been divorced, if you have not served Jesus, if you used to serve Jesus as a child, but you went off, maybe you're an adult and you got distracted. You got distracted and you're not serving him anymore. You're going through the motions. God, how could you ever use me again? He says, I want to repurpose you for him. Not just for anything, not to survive, but, just, but not just to survive, but to thrive. Mount Carmel, are you with us? I don't know. His eye is on you, Mount Carmel. All right, reprocessing takes time. Where are you in that stripping process? Are you on the first stripper? Not the first stripper. Are you on the first? <laughs> are you on the first layer of being stripped like that furniture? <laughs> <laughs> the joy of the Lord. See, laughter does good like a medicine. <laughs> My face is really red right now, yeah. This must be the lights. 
Michael King says I couldn't have a fan up here because it would make the, uh, the mic roar. I really need my fan. <laughs> All right. So where are you in that stripping process? Romans eleven twenty nine. The message version says God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty. Never canceled. Never rescinded. religion. I'll just step religion. You know what? I don't even care because he's after transparency. Come on. He wants us to be real, guys. We can look great, but on the inside, we're dying on the inside because we become religion. So he says, take off your shoes, take off the layers and just be real before me. He's after pure, raw Christianity. If I, if I could just think it being Jesus' is mine right now, I believe that he would say, I am so sick and tired of religion. Yeah. I am so sick yeah. and tired of proper. He says, I want a people. I want a people that will run after me. Right. They're going to take off their shoes and they're going to run. Yeah. They're not going to lag behind because you are leaders. You are leaders in social media in this hour. You can scroll and you can be influenced by the fear and by the propaganda. But are you going to be the one that's a voice? Are you going to be so repurposed for him that you don't care what it looks like? You don't care how undignified you look. Yes, he's looking for people that will be undignified before him. They don't care if they wipe sweat all over their face. He doesn't care. He says, but will you run after me? Will you look foolish for me? He says, I'm compelling you. I'm compelling you, church. I'm compelling you. Sons and daughters, will you rise up? Will you rise up and run after me? Thank you, Jesus. Repurposing is all about hope. Your hope to the hopeless. In staff prayer during the pandemic, I saw a picture of these two vases. And one vase looks so beautiful. There was some oil coming out the top. And it was affecting people. It was just like right there. And then right next to it, I saw this vase and it was all shattered. And there was oil going everywhere. And it was going as far as I could see. And God asked me, he says, which vase do you want to be? Do you want to be that one that's all pretty? Or do you want to be that one that's shattered, that right in the middle of your circumstances that you're going to be poured into and you're going to pour yourself out? It's not going to look pretty. He says, through your circumstances. And I said, oh, God, I want to be that vase that's shattered. Right in the middle of my mess, right in the middle of my repurposing that I'm willing to give it all up and surrender it all. Psalms 51.12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. 
and make me willing to obey you. You see the correlation there? When he restores to us the joy of our salvation, it makes us willing to obey him. Makes us willing. What, do you need to be restored? I need to be restored. I need to be restored every day. Today, today, his mercies are new every morning. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Are you new in him? Are you new in him? God's asking us. Philippians 3, 8 and 10. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but yet I need to count all things lost. All things. Say all things. Mount Carmel, say all things. I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I've sought for the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. Say rubbish. Rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish is not good. It's kind of like ashes. It doesn't matter. Everything else pales to the comparison of him. You can read that scripture. I encourage you to read that on your own. Philippians 3, 12 and 13. I want to go here. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. But none of us are perfect. But I press on. Say press on. Press on. That I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. What's that? Have you held hold of that? Or has that got a hold of you? Are there those things that have us have a grip on us? Or are we holding that? That thing, what is that thing? Is that thing Jesus? Or is that thing offense, church hurts, unforgiveness? What's that thing that's apprehended us? We're going to be apprehended by something. He just doesn't want to repurpose us for him, but he wants to repurpose us for someone else. The part of the current river story that I did not tell you was right after we passed the fork, we found a backpack. I thought maybe somebody was dead under that backpack because it was so bad. We picked the backpack pack up, and there was nobody under there. Praise Jesus. <laughs> but I said, Lewis, I said, we got to get that backpack. I said, because I want somebody like me and you to pick it up and recover my stuff. We drove an hour and a half, or we drove. We were in the tube floating. You know, the Lazy River style. And, um, and Lewis would say, lose the backpack. Lose the backpack. Everybody said, no, we did this all along the way. It was really, I don't know, it was really annoying. And it was like, all those people, nobody. He wasn't annoying. It was just, no, he was not annoying. <laughs> but it, because it was my idea to pick up the backpack. But it was like, it was just like, we're never going to find them. It's like a needle in a haystack. And so an hour and a half down our journey, we pull over to the, 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 um, the sandbar there, and um, we're sitting there eating our snack, and there's this woman that comes by, and she goes, are you the ones with the backpack? Yeah, we were. So she comes on. She tells us, she goes, you know that fork? And I said, yeah, the one I almost died at? <laughs> she says, I lost my kayak. I lost all my belongings. She says, piece by piece, people have come along and helped me recover my belongings. She said, you are the 11th and 12th person that helped me recover. This is the last thing, and you helped me recover, the last thing that needed to be uh, recovered. And I'm like, wow, God. Our current river just wasn't about us. And I, st I stand here today before you to say, your journey. Guys, it's not about you. It's not about you. Today is not about me. You are a part of someone's journey. Because as you're repurposed for him, come on now, hear me. 
as you're repurposed for him, you're going to help someone else recover what's been stolen from them. What's that mean for you individually? What do you need to surrender? What do you need to surrender to him so that you can be repurposed for him? Fix your eyes on Jesus. I'm not going to read this scripture, but I'm going to refer to it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Strip off every weight. You can read it at home later. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I heard Lisa Turkar say this this week. We will steer where we stare. We will steer where we stare. Where are you staring? Come on. Where are you staring? If Caleb's Jesus, I got my eyes on him, he's saying, no, come closer. Come closer. Fix your eyes on me, daughter. Fix your eyes on me. When I got my eyes so fixed on Jesus, what y'all are doing out there is in my peripheral. It's not going to matter. He says, fix your eyes on me. If Caleb would have moved this way or that way, if my eyes are so fixed on him, I'm intent. We will steer where we stare. I want to end with this story. By the name that lady's uh, that name's lady the lady's name was Melody. We got to talk to her about Jesus. Said, "Hey, that's in the Bible." Yeah, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes that we may have life and have it everlasting. So, where are you? I want to share a story real quick about uh, we were in the nations a few years ago, three or four years ago, about three years ago, and uh, we were invited to go to this village. Um, it was not a Christian village. She was a Hindu priestess. And um, we, she invited us, and so she shared with us she was sick. She wanted prayer. Think about that. And so um, she shared with us that she had three dreams. Jesus appeared to her in every dream. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? No, I'm not ready. Kept appearing to her. One day, she said, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus. While we were there, though, she had this room of idols. She was a well-known, very prominent priestess. She had this room full of idols. She invited us. Come on now. You think God's not directing our steps? She invited us to walk into this room of idols. And we began to pray over those room, that room, all those idols. So we got word after we got back from the nations that she had said yes to Jesus. We got pictures where she had emptied out her entire room of idols. They were no more. She stripped away every, yeah, come on. Yeah, Jesus is appearing to dreams all over the world and people. And so she stripped away everything, every weight, every idol, she stripped it away. Her, almost her entire village has been saved for the gospel of Christ. She was baptized, which cost you everything in other countries. She didn't care because she knew that something was greater. Something was greater. She later went on to be with Jesus. She passed away. We went back the next year. There was a church in the village. 
Yeah, there was a church in the village. See, she knew that there was something more. And if she can do that, what is it that we need to be stripped away? What is it? I wanted this quote by Michael Koulianos. While we're looking for direction, God is looking for affection. Direction flows from affection. While we want him to tell us what to do, he wants us to be with him. And guess what happens when we're with him? And while we're with him, he tells us what to do. Oh, guys, his presence is everything. Can we run after Jesus? Can we run after him together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. See, we were a part of that woman's journey on the current river to help her recover her things. Talk about kids' ministry here. All of these things. Saying, hey, we need, we need people who have a heart to invest in children. It's not to fill a slot. There's something inside you. There's something inside you guys that is going to help you. It's going to help you help someone else recover their stuff. Globally, we're carriers of his presence. God, he wants us to be so repurposed for him. He's saying re-enlist church. It's time for the big C, the big church to re-enlist. Re-enlist. We got to defend, like Pastor Chad said last week, what we declare. You see, there's freedom, there's liberty in running after God. He's not a restrictive God. We can change the world when we're repurposed after him. Are you getting it? Say repurposed. Come on now, Carmel, say repurposed with us. Repurposed. Not repurposed for anything, but repurposed for him. The persecuted church in third world countries, it grows at rapid rates when there's persecution. This is the hour I believe that America, this is America's form of persecution. Are we going to rapidly grow? Are we going to run after him? Or are we going to stay on that lazy river mentality? I don't mean this to be a hard word. It's just what he's asking me. I'm just letting you into my God conversations. We must remember that repurposing ourselves for him will meet resistance, but we must repent and be resolute to renew our minds, to reset, realign, and reignite our hearts and return to our first love and to re-enlist as good soldiers, to reclaim, recover, and restore the joy of the, our salvation, everything that has been removed from us. God wants to redeem your purpose. I know, I just had to do something with those R's because it's like they've been swirling in my head. But he wants to re. What is the re that he needs to do in your life? Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.